Welcome. You are listening to Park Avenue Podcasts, and this is Rabbi Elliot Cosgrove. While it's always better to hear it live, this is a place to be to catch the music, sermons, and select programs of Park Avenue Synagogue. If you like what you are hearing or want to learn more about the community, please check out our website at www.pasyn.org. Enjoy our latest installment. Shabbat shalom, everyone. So nice to be here with all of you. Whether you're joining us in the room here with me or you're joining us via live stream, whether you are a longtime member or this is your first time, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Uh, this is a bit of a bittersweet moment for me because this is my last Shabbat as a rabbi at Park Avenue Synagogue. And I'm just really grateful that I get to celebrate this moment with all of you here today. One of the first texts I encountered in rabbinical school was about a disagreement. For three years, the story goes, the students of Hillel and Shammai engaged in rigorous debate around one of the finer points of ritual law. Having exhausted their capacity for persuasion, the students' curiosity and intellect had given away to stubborn antagonism. The halakha follows our logic, argued one side, to which the other unhelpfully responded, no, the halakha follows our own. Sensing that the students had come to a stalemate, God intervenes. Both these and these are words of the living God, we are told. But the halakha is in accord with the students of Hillel. The end of the story is hardly surprising. The rabbinic tradition almost invariably sides with the students of Hillel. Out of the numerous recorded debates that occurred between these two schools, only 18 conclude in the favor of Shammai. What is more interesting is how both groups of students are described as speaking words of sacred provenance. How can this be the case? The arguments between the students of Hillel and Shammai were about belief and practice, the fundamental building blocks of Judaism. It is impossible to maintain the integrity of both sides at the same time. For example, if Shammai believes that we observe the new year for the trees on the first of Shavat, and Hillel argues that we should mark this day on the 15th of the month, we have to choose one. We have to choose whom to follow. Yet we are told that there is value, there's truth to both sides of the debate. These and these are words of the living God. This is one of the things I love most about being a Jew. We are a yes and people. When we get married, we smash a glass to hold the brokenness of this world alongside our joy. When we mourn the dead, we express our sadness through words of gratitude and praise. In the height of summer, Tisha B'Av helps us recall the darkness that has plagued our people, and in the cold depths of winter, Hanukkah reminds us of the miracle of light. Our tradition believes that holiness is found in the messiness of life, and that sacred truths can be discovered through disagreement and debate. We are, after all, Yisrael, people who wrestle with God, from the periarchs to the prophets, the rabbis, we have refused to cede our intellectual acuity or moral discernment to the convenience of dogma. Yet not all arguments are created equal. When reflecting on the disagreement between the students of Hillel and Shammai, the rabbis qualify that their debates were l'shem shemaim, for the sake of heaven. 
This is not to say that the content of their scholarship was particularly holy. In fact, most of their disagreements were concerned with the very mundane rhythms of our lives. But rather that each party, both Hillel and Shammai, understood the sacred task that they had chosen. To seek out truth requires both humility and courage. The ability to admit when one is wrong and the strength to stand up for what is right. The recognition that life is complex and our inherited aversion to dogma is not an excuse for moral relativism. It is precisely because human experience is messy that when we hit upon a fundamental truth, it is a moment of profound holiness. Revelation is rare. There is a reason that the echoes of Mount Sinai continue to reverberate into the present, why we have taken these words of Torah and turned them over and over and over again. For somewhere within them, we recognize that there are sacred, fundamental truths to be discovered. But truth is not always revealed through thunder and lightning. Sometimes it comes to us much more quietly. Such was the case with Balaam, who we just read about in this week's parasha. A well-known prophet and sorcerer, he was employed by the king of Moab to curse the Israelites. Yet when Balaam receives the king's request, God appears to him in a dream. You shall not curse this people, God instructs Balaam, for they are blessed. Against his better judgment and with ample persuasion from the king, Balaam eventually decides to accept this commission. The catch as a prophet, he can only speak the words that God provides him. He can only speak the truth. Balaam accompanies the king to where the Israelites have encamped. They build seven altars, offer sacrifices, and wait for Balaam to speak. How can I curse whom God has not cursed, he asks. How can I invoke wrath if God has not been angered? The king, regretting that Balaam is wasting his time and money, asks him to try again. They move to a different location where Balaam has seven more altars built, offers more sacrifices, and says, God has not found evil in Jacob, nor wickedness in Israel. God is with them. Annoyed that Balaam has clearly failed to curse the Israelites again, the king asks him to try one more time. They move to a final location where Balaam builds another seven altars, offers more sacrifices, and says, how good are your tents, O Jacob, your dwelling places, Israel. At first glance, this story reads a bit like a comedy of errors, and the repeat failure of this intended curse is comical. Yet it is also an important lesson about truth-telling. For in his dream, Balaam is allowed one of those few and precious moments of revelation. He is then given a choice. Does he speak with integrity and share the truth that has been revealed to him? Or does he acquiesce to the king's authority and curse the Israelites, even though he knows it's a lie? Balaam risks more than losing his job. His decision to stand up for what was right, defying the king and inviting his royal displeasure, may have cost him his life. Yet Balaam recognized that this was not a moment for equivocation, nor was there virtue in holding both sides of this debate. The conflict between the king of Moab and the Israelites was not an argument, l'shem shemaim, for the sake of heaven, but the failure of hatred to hold ground against the fundamental truth of our ancestors' worth and dignity. 
So tomorrow, we mark the 52nd anniversary of the Stonewall Riots, which occurred here in New York City. In the decades that have passed since this first act of resistance, the courage and vision of countless individuals has ensured that the LGBTQ community now enjoys many of the same rights and privileges as our friends, families, and neighbors. Yet I want us to be aware that there is still so much more work to do. In the past six months alone, over 100 bills, 100 bills have been introduced to limit the rights of transgender people in this country. This year is also on track to be the deadliest in our history for transgender Americans, the deadliest, especially for women of color. Isolated during the pandemic and often living with families who don't support them, we have seen a serious spike in depression and suicide among LGBTQ teens who are already more vulnerable than their peers to begin with. And many, as a result, choose to leave home. And surveys of homeless youth find that nearly half, nearly half of all youth on our streets are part of the LGBTQ community. These past few years have proven the truth and wisdom found in the book of Proverbs. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. When hateful rhetoric is tolerated, when bigotry is legislated, when we believe that there is merit to putting the dignity and worth of LGBTQ individuals up for debate, the consequences are clear. Violence and loss follow. Like Balaam, we have a choice. To speak out for what is right, or to bend to those who would pretend that their ignorance is truth and argue that somehow in this situation there is value to both sides of this disagreement. 20 years ago, I sat in a pew not so dissimilar to the ones in this sanctuary. It was also the weekend of pride, and the priest was going to offer his opinion on the growing movement for LGBTQ civil rights. And I want us to remember what 20 years ago was like and how much has changed. This was before marriage equality and the end of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Will and Grace had just premiered on television, which was one of the first times we saw openly gay characters on national TV. And no corporation, and certainly no church or synagogue that I knew of, adopted a rainbow logo for the month of pride. The priest began his sermon with a text from 1 Corinthians. Do not be deceived, he read. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor sodomites, nor homosexuals will inherit the kingdom of heaven. He continued describing what he believed to be the immoral and irredeemable character of the LGBTQ community what he believed, that the LGBTQ community did not warrant the inheritance of heaven, did not warrant the love of each other and God. I wonder if he knew that he was talking about a young boy sitting just a few pews away, dressed in his Sunday best, or if he considered the impact that these words might have on that child's belief in his right to live. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And for the sake of that little boy, and for all those who have been like him, and for all those who are like him, in this moment, in this moment, I choose life. So here are three things that I know to be true. If you are lesbian, if you are gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, genderqueer, non-binary, intersex, asexual, questioning or not sure yet, young or old, out or in the closet, wherever you find yourself on the brilliant spectrum of gender and identity, 
You are created in the image of God. I want to say that again. If you are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, genderqueer, non-binary, intersex, asexual, questioning or not sure yet, young or old, out or in the closet, wherever you find yourself on the brilliant spectrum of gender and identity, you are created in the image of God. Our tradition is unequivocal in the assertion that each of us is a reflection of the divine, a unique and irreplaceable being who was so desperately needed to help heal this broken world that you have been given the gift of life at this very moment. The second thing I know to be true, as a person created in the image of God, your dignity is not up for debate. This is not an argument, l'shem shemaim, for the sake of heaven. You have the right to live a life free from harm. You deserve to love and be loved. You have a place in sacred community. You belong in our churches and synagogues and temples and places of worship. You are welcome here. And third, it is our responsibility as Jews to affirm and protect the dignity of all people, especially those who find themselves on the margins of society. Our sacred texts remind us that we know the soul of the stranger for we have been strangers ourselves. Let our memory of violence and persecution fuel the righteous indignation, the thirst for justice, the boundless compassion needed to change this world for the better. For we are Yisrael. We are God wrestlers. We are a yes and people who are unafraid to hold the complexity and messiness of what it means to be human alongside the fundamental truths of our sacred tradition. Finding our way forward takes humility and courage, a willingness to listen, a willingness to stand up for what is right. There will be times when we disagree, perhaps for a short while, or perhaps for three long years, perhaps longer. But as we debate how we might repair the brokenness of this world, my hope and my blessing is that all of our arguments are l'shem shemaim, for the sake of heaven, words of the living God that protect and honor the dignity of all people. Chodesh ga'avah sameach, happy Pride Month to each and every one of you, and Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to Park Avenue Podcasts, a place to be to catch the music, sermons, and select programs of Park Avenue Synagogue. If you like what you are hearing or want to learn more about the community, please check out our website at www.pasyn.org. See you in shul.